It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Episode 132 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you. As always, for another week of Knicks and NBA Talk, first show of 2022. Happy New Year, everybody. Hope everybody enjoyed the end of the holiday season. Uh, We are now getting towards the middle stages of the month of January. Plenty to talk about with the Knicks and the NBA this week. Um... First and foremost, some housekeeping stuff. Um, just been the last last couple of weeks have been kind of crazy for me personally. Um, you know, balancing work, um, balancing COVID, um, and just balancing you know things in general. So I apologize if you know uh, I've been a little out of it the last couple of weeks. I don't you know I, I do I do want to make this quite clear. I just got tested for COVID a couple of days ago. I tested negative, very excited about it, to be honest. Um, and, uh, so personally myself, physically, I'm doing well, just had a physical, uh, just to make sure everything was okay. Everything's fine. Um, the reason I bring it up just cause you know, I, I listened back to the last couple episodes. I don't always sound like myself during it. Um, it's just been a lot of things have been going on, you know, in the background with, uh, with things personally, and you know, I apologize. I try not to bring that to the podcast, um, but as a lot of you guys know, you can't always help that. So I apologize if you guys have picked up on that. If you haven't, uh, I might. I thought you know, might as well just clear things up regardless and just keep you guys in the loop. I feel like we, I've been doing this show long enough and have a good enough relationship with you guys that it's okay to talk about things like that. Since we do it anyway, we do it anyway. 
regardless. So, uh, just to clear things that uh, cl to clear things like that up, if I can talk, uh, is a good thing. So, uh, let's dive into the Knicks. And I listen. I I I, I didn't give myself a lot of time uh, on this uh, Thursday, as always, to record. So I won't be able to touch on Knicks Celtics on TNT tonight. It's actually about to tip off in about an hour. I have other work to do uh, at that time, sadly. So I'll, I'll have the game on in the background, but I won't be able to comment on it this week. We'll discuss it on next week's podcast. We'll run through the Knicks results from the past week. We're also going to talk about the Evan Fournier situation, some articles and people calling for him to be benched. I'll discuss my thoughts on that. And also, we will touch on the current situation that continues to develop with covid in sports and more specifically the nba and i forgot about this we'll talk about kyrie irving returning to brooklyn can't play when the games are in brooklyn but returning to the nets rotation as well okay last week uh the week that was between podcasts as always for the knicks not the best week i, I must say um you know, the knicks are still a still below 500 uh, watched a little bit of the game on New Year's Eve, missed uh, the, the, the fourth quarter of the game, but pretty self-explanatory here. Very disappointing game. I thought the Knicks should have won this game. I, I know that you know no Julius Randle doesn't help, but it's an OKC team that's below 500 at home. They're not good overall, and you got to win these games. Not only did the Knicks lose, they lost by 15 points, and I, to be honest, I watched probably the best parts of this game where the Knicks were ahead, but the third quarter, they just threw it all away, basically, and then in the fourth, at one point in the fourth, the Knicks got back into it, made a couple of threes, but with maybe like seven seven minutes left in the fourth, OKC took complete control, and the Knicks started taking bad shots, and lo and behold, they lost 95-80. to Obviously, not having Julius Randle hurts but nobody really picked up the slack um rj baird had 26 points and he's had a good week we'll get to more on that in a second but quickly had 11 and nobody else was in double figures this was a game where i thought evan fournier really needed to play well we'll get to him in a, in a little bit closer in a second he only had three points and was one of eight from the field one of five from deep so, nine points, twelve rebounds from Mitchell Robinson. It was it was more than disappointing to end the year, and I thought this was a really good chance. If the Knicks had won, you get to five hundred going into the new year. Felt like a big swing game potentially, and Knicks weren't able to get it. And I, and I honestly didn't feel good about the Knicks going in to the next game either against Toronto again. They were without Julius Randle. They figured it out a little bit more offensively, but then defensively, they weren't able to figure it out. And they lose 120 to 105 to a Raptors team that that is really, in my opinion, a below average team. They're not very good. And uh, listen, some guys did step up. You know, Fournier recovered with 20 points. R.J. Barrett had 19. Toppin, Obi Toppin had a huge night. 19 points six rebounds six assists a couple of blocks i think he had a steal in there as well one of his best games is a nick i thought you know that that's kind of the 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 player we're hoping obi toppin turns into is a guy that can give you that or close to that every night fill up the stat sheet 
Now, he played 45 minutes, but he was efficient, did his job defensively for the most part, and stuffed the stat sheet. Can't ask for much more than that. And and the bench, I thought, was pretty solid. Again, Burks had 11, which is a little low for him. But Quentin Grimes had 13, quickly had 9 points. Kevin Knox, coming out of the shadows, had 7 points. Bench did its job, frankly. Bench did its job. You get, uh, if I'm doing the math right, what, 40 points from the bench? You gotta win the game. You gotta win the game. That's, that is a really strong night from the bench and you don't win. That, that, that's a game you, you've gotta be very disappointed with. You know what I mean? I mean, that's a game where you're not gonna get that very often. You're not going to get 40 points every night from your bench when only four guys are available on the bench. But they gave the Knicks a huge boost, and it wasn't enough. Three guys had 19-plus points from the starters, and you had 40 points from the bench. you got to win the damn game. That's not good enough. Knicks scored 105 on the road. you got to win the game. But you give up 120 to the Raptors. And really, it started in the second quarter. Knicks were just not doing well defensively, and it trickled in to the third quarter. Knicks were outscored by 11 in the third quarter. Just not good enough defensively. 40 points in one quarter for Toronto. And listen, you know, I get it. Fred Van Fleet went off. He had a huge night. I think he had 35 points. And, I, you know, must be said, Raptors had a large bench. They played almost everybody they had available to them. Almost everybody. Anybody that could have played, basically, played. So that doesn't help. Knicks got maybe worn down a little bit midway through the game. But the Knicks finished the game strong. Which just makes me think, you know, what happened in the third quarter? Wasn't good enough. Siakam had a big night. Was three assists shy of a triple-double. And four of the five starters were in double figures for the Raptors. The bench, again, a lot of people play, but you know, bench wasn't set on fire. The Knicks, Knicks bench held their own against Toronto's bench. It really came down to stopping the, the Raptors starters. And with all due respect, Fred Van Fleet's a great player. You can't let him get 7-13 from 3. It's not good enough. Knicks just were not able to hang with Toronto. Again, it's a road game. It's a divisional game on the road, but that that's another disappointing, disappointing loss. And I thought it was going to trickle in to the Pacers game. I really did. I was really worried going into the game on, on the 4th. It was actually my, my my birthday. Watching the game on my birthday, con, you know, concerned. I was flipping, flipping back and forth between my, my Seton Hall Pirates and the Knicks. I'm thinking, man, I, I don't know if the Knicks are going to do it. They've struggled with Indiana when they've been good this season. When the Knicks have been at their best, they've struggled with the Pacers. Now you're expecting them to win after they dropped two really bad games on the road to teams that are not very good. But Julius Randle being back totally changed everything for the Knicks in this game. Bottom line. You know what I mean? That was the difference against Indiana on, I guess it was Tuesday. Really big win. Uh, The Knicks needed to bounce back. Indiana, by the way, is in a bad, bad way at the moment. Pacers have lost six games in a row. They lost to Brooklyn at home after they lost to the Knicks at the Garden. They've lost six in a row, and 
I didn't even realize this until I, I started preparing for the podcast today. Pacers on the road this season. Now again, they're ten games under five hundred. They're not or eleven games under five hundred. They're not playing well, but they're god awful on the road. They're th- they're three and fifteen on the road this season. Really, really bad on the road. One of the worst road records in the league. The only places they've won at Sacramento back in November, at Utah back in November. Other than that, those both both of those games came in the month of November. The only other road win they have actually it might have been before was it before that? Let me see. They had those two in November, Sacramento and Utah in a four-day stretch. They won both of those games on the road. The only other road win they've got actually was at Chicago, same month. So November has been the only month the the Pacers have won on the road. Three times in 18 games, beating Chicago, Utah, and Sacramento. Two pretty, uh, sorry, I should say three decent road wins, two pretty good ones in there. And other than that, since November 22nd, the Pacers have lost every road game they've played. And they've lost six in a row regardless. So you, you know, again, looking at it from that perspective, Knicks had to win this game. They really did. Pacers have played them tough, though, this season. And luckily, the Knicks were able to kind of put Indiana away pretty early, I thought. I mean, the Pacers had a little bit of a run at it in the second quarter, third and the fourth quarter, Knicks were able to kind of put them away. Pacers, again, I will say this, Pacers at one point in the second quarter looked dead and buried, and they were able to come back and make it a game at the half. Third quarter, Knicks kind of put their foot back on the throat and closed the game out. 104-94 was the final. And and listen, th- I will say this, two big keys to this game. Number one, Pacers missed 11 free throws in this game, and DeMontis Sabonis missed seven of those. That's a big deal, I must say. That's a huge difference in the game, potentially. Pacers missed 11 free throws, and their star missed seven of those. So that's number one right there. But number two, Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett, getting back to where we expect them to be. Having Julius Randle back from covid was enormous 30 points 16 rebounds beast all-star phenomenal rj barrett best game of the season potentially 32 points eight rebounds in 42 minutes and he shot 12 of 20 from the field for some reason i don't have i don't have anything to back this up it seems like anytime rj barrett makes eight or nine shots in a game he has a phenomenal game. If he gets to that number or higher, it almost doesn't matter how many times it takes him to get there, he's going to have a big night. But if he makes less than seven shots, it's it, nothing goes for him. It, it, efficiency sometimes almost doesn't matter with RJ. It just, he just has to make a certain amount of shots. And all of a sudden, you know, and, and again, he, he could get 25 looks, but if he makes eight of them, he has a huge night because he's getting to the free throw line. He's doing other things and he'll have 25 points. 
But if he makes like four or five shots, he does nothing else. Does nothing else. You know, you start to see the those seven point outputs, those nine put outputs, and then nothing else. It seems like when RJ Barrett score is scoring the ball, making shots, everything else falls into place. Everything else. Rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, defense, no turnovers. When he's making shots or when he's getting to the bucket and getting to the free throw line, he had, he's six of eight from the free throw line. He has big nights. He does. This comes down to his confidence early if he's making if he makes a couple of shots. Because if he doesn't, he tends to kind of, you know, wane away in games. Doesn't really get anything going on any part of the floor. So this is a big, big night for him. Big night for Julius Randle. You know, I was happy to see Alec Burks still getting a double figures despite really struggling from three point. And, and frankly, the Knicks struggled from three as a team in this game. Knicks shot just 21% from three, but they shot 48% as a team, actually almost 49% from the field as a team that that's really what made up the difference that was the key Knicks were not getting it going from three but they were able to shoot it well as a team from the field and that that made up the poor shooting from downtown because Indiana on the other side you know they really did not shoot the ball well either from three nine of 38 but their their Achilles they weren't terrible from the field 42 percent but they shot 65 percent from the free throw line that that's what did them in. That's something that they would look back on this game and think, man, we we really shot ourselves in the foot. Now, to be fair, they were outmatched for most of the game. I thought third, uh, first, third, and fourth quarter, they were outmatched. But they really could have stayed in this game if they made their free throws. So that's something else for the Knicks to consider as well. But just having Julius Randle back and being his normal Knicks self R.J. Barrett having one of his best games of the season. Those two, Randall and Barrett, are huge for this team. And they're going to be key moving forward. Knicks are at 18-20 and 20 at the time of recording. Hopefully, at the beginning of this home-and-home home with Boston, Knicks can make up, uh, not make up, actually, they, they, they can hopefully pass Boston, maybe get a two-game lead on them. Both teams are 18-20 and 20 going into tonight, so... We'll see, but that was a huge win because the Knicks were really scuffling without Julius Randle in the lineup because he's your star right now. He's the star. So not having him really cost the Knicks at the end of 2021 and in the first game of 2022. But luckily, you know, he came back at a good time. Knicks needed that win very badly and were able to get it over an Indiana team that you know, again, has played well against the Knicks, but overall this season is having a very poor and down year. Indiana, by the way, right now, very dangerous position for them because, you know, if the Knicks win tonight against the Celtics, and we'll talk about that game next week, the Knicks are back in the playoff spots. The Knicks are only, by the way, at the moment, Knicks are a game and a half back of seventh, currently occupied by the Toronto Raptors, and they're three games back of sixth. So, still a long way to go, but the Knicks have ground to make up, 100%. I don't think, you know, the Raptors are going to keep this up. We saw a stretch like this early in the season. I don't think it's going to happen. And the Wizards have kind of come back down to earth a little bit. They've kind of gone through a little bit of a rough patch, while the Knicks and other teams have done well. But the Pacers have really dropped off. At one point, 
the Pacers were, I think, at um, 14 and 15, something like that. They were right around 500, and since then they've been god-awful. They've lost eight of their last 10 and six in a row. So that that's what's going to happen. Uh, it's going to happen with teams like that that are struggling to get things going. But the biggest problem with Indiana, just to briefly finish off that point, they're good at home. They're 11 and 10. You know, that that's not bad. That That's playoff worthy. But they're 3 and 15. And that is the second worst road record in the entire Eastern Conference. So one of those weird, weird things. And, and you know, again, another thing too, you know, just looking at the Knicks situation, Knicks have lost a couple games to Orlando this year. Orlando is 7 and 32. And they've lost seven in a row. So they, they got off to a hot start. Knicks got them when they were good. They've been god-awful ever since in their last place in the East, and they can't win a home game. Orlando's 2-14 and 14 on their home floor this season. But the hottest team in, in the East is Chicago. Chicago's won eight in a row. They're now in first place in the East. They've passed everybody up. Brooklyn's in second. Milwaukee's figured it out. They're in third. Miami's in fourth. Philly is won five in a row. They're, they're in fifth. And so far, Cleveland is is hanging tough. They're they're in sixth at the moment. I don't know if they're going to keep that up, to be honest with you. But they haven't had too many problems so far this season. They're just kind of playing their game, and we'll see uh, how long they can keep that going because they're four games above five hundred. But uh, we'll see. You know, they've done all they've done well on the road. That's been the difference so far. They're ten and eight at home, and they're above five hundred. I should say they're uh, sorry they're above 500 away from home 10 and 8 and they're above 500 at home 11 and 9 that that's what's kind of keeping them in the mix they're doing rather well so far but and I, I think they actually have the best point differential uh in the east so far I think they're like a plus five in uh, in points per game and opponents points per game point differential so that's what's keeping them ahead uh, of the team of the likes of the Knicks Boston washington charlotte and toronto right now but we'll see i don't know if cleveland can keep it up i don't know if toronto is going to figure it out and continue to keep this up i you know charlotte is a team i expect to be there but then you look at washington we'll see you know i expect the knicks to be ahead of those three teams when it's all said and done i think the knicks will be looking at maybe a fifth sixth that's the hope but we'll have to see what happens hopefully that that pacer win is a sign of things to come and we'll see how the knicks do against boston in this home and home we'll take a break when we come back we'll look over the knicks potential trade options with a month left before the trade deadline knicks didn't make a big move at the deadline last year we'll see if they do that this year knicks made another move we'll briefly talk about that and we'll talk about covid and its continuing impact on the nba all that's coming up next on the shock shock knicks podcast on the posting and toasting podcast network it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Second half of the show, let's jump right back into things here on the podcast. Let's start with the Knicks move that they made a couple of days ago on Monday. Not really a move of note, but anytime the Knicks make a move, we do like to at least mention it on the podcast. The Knicks acquired Denzel Valentine, a former Michigan State star, actually used to be with the Bulls as well, from Cleveland in a three-team trade. Uh, the Knicks uh, also got the draft rights to uh, Wang Zaylin. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that, and Brad Newley, as well as center and a guard forward, respectively. They also got cash considerations from the Lakers as part of a three-team trade. So Cleveland and, and LA are involved with the Knicks here. The big the big move in the trade is that Cleveland got Rajon Rondo from the Lakers, and LA received um, uh, Louis Labery from the Knicks, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that, the Knicks waived uh, Wayne Selden as part of the move, and uh, the Knicks PR Twitter account announced later that same day on Monday that the Knicks also waived Denzel Valentine. So we'll see. I I don't know. Maybe that is a move where the Knicks have, uh, you know, have have said we got to clear a little bit of space. I'm not sure. Um, we'll have to see, we'll have to see what ends up happening here, but clearly the Knicks felt they needed to make a little bit of a move. We'll see what that leads to make of that, what you will, um, before we touch on the, the trade deadline and potential moves and and names that are kind of being thrown out there, I do want to mention, um, the Evan Fournier talk and, you know, we've seen the New York Post now put out a you know a story about this, and um, and it, and it's been you know a bit of a talk similar to what it was when Kemba Walker ended up being benched as well. Um, basically, Tom Thibodeau was asked on Wednesday if he considered uh, putting Fournier in the second unit instead of starting him, and Tom Thibodeau said, "quote unquote, not really." Um, Overall, I listen. Um, you know, I, I see what what some people are looking at. Evan Fournier at the moment is shooting five percentage points lower from three than his career best, forty one percent last season. Maybe that's evening out. I'm not sure. Um, you know, and and you know, you could argue with that number according to the post is falling because he's missed. He went over a two game stretch where he missed his seven straight threes, for example. But then he had it, you know. Then he had a big game after that. I guess the the argument goes basically is that Evan Fournier is not living up to his contract so far, and you can make that argument. And also, you know, you could say that um, on top of that, that he's been inconsistent, uh, and that's kind of one of the things. Um, the other part of this is that, you know, Kemba Walker's missed three games uh, ag- after he aggravated an injury to his um, to his arthritic left knee. 
and he said, uh, quote, did a little but not much in Wednesday's practice. That's Tibbs talking about Walker. And he's not sure if Kemba's going to play at the Garden against the Celtics tonight. Well, you guys will know, obviously, but we will we will have to see. And Nerlens Noel has missed seven games uh, after entering COVID-19 protocols. He's day-to-day at the moment. Noel, uh, according to Tibbs, uh, was cleared, and he did some work in practice on Wednesday. So they're trying to get him back into game shape because he hasn't played in almost three weeks. Um, so, and Mitch Robinson missed a game as well due to COVID, COVID protocols, but was able to to come back in. So, it, it, it's, you know, the Knicks are balancing a lot right now. I think that's part of the problem with, uh, with the performance of the team. You know, Kemba Walker's trying to, you know, deal with his knee injury. And he needs to be playing. I think that's pretty clear at this point. The Knicks need his offense. Evan Fournier's been inconsistent. But the part of that is part of that is is that guys are moving in and out of the lineup. There's been no continuity. You know, Julius Randle's a star. He's expected to play well no matter who's on the floor. But these other guys are are role players on this team. You know, maybe with with the exception of RJ Barrett when he's at up to snuff. But these are guys that are expected to, you know, come in and do their part and and They've been inconsistent, and the Knicks currently find themselves outside of the play-in because of that. I my hope, and it's tough with COVID. We'll touch more on that in a second, but my hope is that the Knicks can find some continuity because this is a team that that should be in the top six of the East, no question in my mind about it. But the Knicks have been inconsistent after starting the season five and one. They just have been, and and COVID's played its part. You know, injuries to a certain extent have played their part. And Tibbs is managing it as best he can. The Knicks are very much still alive. You know, if they can take down Boston, and again, you know the results of that, but, you know, get some momentum, get back to 500. You know, that's kind of my thing. The Knicks can just get back to 500. I think we're looking at a very different season for this Knicks team. But in the end, the Knicks just have to get healthy as best they can. I know COVID is just so difficult to deal with, but that, that's got to be the goal for this Knicks team, 100%. That's going to be the difference between the Knicks just getting into the playoffs and, and maybe going through the play-in and then losing the first round or maybe winning a round and then that's it to maybe making a run at this thing legitimately. So we will have to wait and see what happens. But for the time being... I don't think Evan Fournier on the bench is going to really help. First of all, I don't think the Knicks can do it right now. I don't think there's enough bodies uh, to do it. But I I also think that, you know, Evan Fournier at his best is what the Knicks need. So you need him to play and, and try to, you know, whether it shoot himself out of it or, you know, go on a nice run as well, whatever it takes. You know, the Knicks need Evan Fournier to be what they brought in because if they don't have him or he's not at his best there's nowhere you can really turn where you're gonna have a better option right now so evan fournier has got to figure it out and get that consistency that the knicks have brought him in for but we'll see you know we'll have to see what happens at the moment you know the knicks obviously have a lot of problems but so does so do a lot of teams so do a lot of teams but the knicks are the knicks are right there they've kept themselves in it and I think a win or two over Boston over these next couple of days would do a lot for the confidence of this team. That's for sure. 
But we'll wait and, and see what happens. As far as the trade deadline, it's a month away. Um, Knicks obviously just made a move to clear a few spots um, on at least the, the two-way slash, you know, rosters in general. It felt like a minor move, but we'll see what ends up happening. Of course, Rajon Rondo going to Cleveland was the biggest part of that deal as the Lakers moved him on. But, it, you know, it got me thinking and I started looking up and seeing what other people were discussing about potential moves the Knicks could make at the trade deadline and what you know i should say not just one of two of the moves could involve a team the knicks just played in indiana you see you hear the the rumblings of karis levert and his name being thrown around and he's a guy that can make shots for your team you know knicks could use some scoring options that are consistent and you know if you add him with evan fournier you know kemba walker who, who has been inconsistent, you know, at times, but has been dealing with injuries on top of that as well, maybe that could be an option. Shams and Bob Kravitz of The Athletic are saying that the Indiana Pacers will listen to offers for the 27-year-old Karis Levert. Now, the, the nice part about this is that you could get him for a bargain because he does have an injury history, so that is an option that the Knicks could do and, and save some money on, uh, potentially. Uh, Miles Turner's name has been thrown out there a little bit also. Um, apparently, the Knicks are keeping an eye on him. Uh, Peter, Bo- uh, Peter Bott, or Bodie, um, of the New York Post, apologize if I mispronounced that, report that the team has expressed interest in Miles Turner and... You know, one of the surprises to that, one of the things that maybe will raise an eyebrow is obviously the Knicks have a ton of options with Robinson, Noel, Gibson, and Jericho Sims available. But the argument is that Miles Turner is an upgrade, you know, and is a really good defensive player for this Knicks team. Really could be a difference maker. I, by the way, agree with that. I think... To, with all due respect to Nerlens Noel, who's you know not been what we expected this year because of COVID and injuries, Mitchell Robinson and, and Miles Turner together or part of the same rotation is a lot more dangerous right now for this Knicks team. It's an upgrade, one hundred percent. And the the Pacers are kind of lying in the weeds between you know are we going to go for it here and try to save our season or we're going to fire sale this thing and and start from scratch because the pacers are 11 games under 500 not looking too good right now so that's a that's a big old wait and see right there but the pacers will be a team to watch at the trade deadline and the knicks could be a team that goes after a few of their stars potentially we'll have to see the other name that that kind of piqued my interest uh from a bleacher report article and, and a few uh reports as well is that De'Aaron Fox from the Sacramento Kings could be an option as well. The Knicks need a point guard, and they still have never addressed that as well. The issue with the issue with De'Aaron Fox is that he's going to cost some money. He's 24 years old. He already has a max extension with the Kings that he signed back in November of 2020. And the good news is, you know, as far as trying to get him is according to the athletic Sam Amick, the Kings have not made him or anyone else an off-the-table guy in terms in terms of 
potential trade talks. Again, that's according to The Athletic. But it's not going to, you know, not going to be easy. It's going to cost a little bit of cash. But again, you look at what the Knicks have at the moment. A Kemba Walker who's dealing with an injury and can be good, but at times is inconsistent. He's getting up there. You know, no question about it. As much as I, as much as I try to, you know, uh, give you both sides of that, it's one of those things where De'Aaron Fox is 24. He's an upgrade. No question about it. So there's that. But then the other part of it is, you know, do the Knicks want to fork over the cash? Because listen, I'll say this right now. Adding two out of those three guys make the Knicks a potential contender to win the Eastern Conference. You add De'Aaron Fox and Karis LeVert or De'Aaron Fox and Miles Turner, the trajectory of this Knicks team for this season, forget about, you know, we'll get, you know, of course for seasons to come because both of those guys are in their in their early to mid-20s. All three of the guys are actually. But that makes the Knicks a, a Eastern Conference contender this season if they make a move. Now, I, you know, I remember thinking last year at this time, the Knicks had got to make a move. You know, we weren't sure if the Knicks were going to be able to turn it on down the stretch. Now, they didn't make a move and they did turn it on, but this is a team that clearly needs a little bit of a boost. They need some injection of help here. I think the Knicks should go after one or two if of these of these deals. I really do. I really do. De'Aaron Fox, I think, is a tough one to ask. But if you can get him, the Knicks have got to seriously consider it. They need to upgrade at the point guard position. They just have to do it. And then you look at the other side. Miles Turner's an upgrade. He really is. On both ends of the floor, you could argue, for this Knicks team. And then... Karis LeVert, I know I know the Knicks have guys at his position, guys that do what he does. You know, RJ Barrett is there, Alec Burks is there. But Karis LeVert, oh, and Evan Fournier is there. But Karis LeVert provides you with quite a bit, and he might not cost you much. And the Knicks need more offense consistently. That's the thing. What's nice about Miles Turner is he he has the identity of Coach Thibodeau with him. He brings really good defensive energy and would potentially be a starter, by the way, on this team. He really would be, easily. You know, he's got he's got the experience at 25 years old. He's played in playoff games. And if he's ready to go, he's going to hop into that starting lineup. And De'Aaron Fox, I think, would as well because Kemba Walker's having trouble staying on the court right now. And... Emmanuel quickly, I think, is still probably a year or two away from challenging for that consistent starting point guard position. With all due respect, he's having a really good year uh, and and has been inconsistent at times, but is still, I think, going in the right direction. But I just look at a De'Aaron Fox and I think, man, 24 years old, pull, pull the trigger. Pull the trigger. He's lightning quick really good scorer and with a team that just needs an injection and a guy that can run the offense can score himself and get other guys involved and just provide a spark i mean 
De'Aaron Fox is a bleeping roadrunner. He's going to provide you the spark. And then Miles Turner, when you think about what Atlanta's got with Clint Capella, you think about what Boston has with their front court, you look at what Indiana, sorry, uh, I should say Milwaukee, you know, Blake Griffin with the Nets, Joel Embiid with Philly. Yeah, I'm just thinking of front court guys the Knicks would have to potentially deal with in a playoff series. Miles Turner's going to fight those guys to the death. He's going to give you everything you need down low defensively, and he can be a factor on the offensive end of the floor. And he's a really smart player. Really good basketball IQ. Really, really smart guy. I, I think he makes a lot of sense. I really do. Karis Levert makes sense money-wise and because he can provide you with some scoring. But De'Aaron Fox and Miles Turner are your, we're going for it, guys. We're going for it right now. And the Knicks, I, I will say, I, I've said this time and time again, big picture with the Knicks, they still have never addressed the point guard position fully since we've started this podcast. It was like July 1st, 2019, when we first did a podcast on postingandtoasting.com and, and wherever you get your podcasts. The Knicks have, s- since then till now, by the way, since then till now, the Knicks have gotten a heck of a lot better. Let's be, let's start there. Because the first show we did, the Knicks flopped on Kevin Durant and flopped on Kyrie Irving and they just signed Julius Randle. We didn't know what was going to happen. You know, since then, Fizdale's been axed, Tibbs has come in, it's totally changed, right? But the point guard position is still way too inconsistent. De'Aaron Fox changes that. And Miles Turner becomes a big upgrade at a spot where maybe you don't need him, but you need his experience, his energy, his poise, and his physicality. It changes the trajectory of the Knicks this season for the playoffs and for four years down the road. It really does. And then, if you want to talk attracting stars, you've got a team ready for a Damian Lillard or somebody else to come in and be like, hey, we're winning a championship with this group. This is a team that can win a title. Those are the steps I'm hoping the Knicks can take at the trade deadline to move closer to being in that position. That's the goal. But we'll see what happens. We'll have to wait and see. I'm curious what you got what what you guys think about it. Let me know in the comments. Let me know in the comments on postingandtoasting.com or on Twitter at SJ7. The latter of which is probably the best place to find me. Two more quick hits uh, before we get out of here. I talked I think I talked more about that than I expected to, so we're running a little low on time. But just the irony a little bit of this uh, report that just came out literally an hour before I started recording, I believe. Um, Utah Jazz center Rudy Gobert uh, has tested positive for COVID for a second time and has entered the NBA health and safety protocols. Of course, the first time uh, Rudy Gobert tested positive for COVID um if i'm reading this right was the day the nba shut down in march of 2020 and when the world shut down in march 
of 2020. Rudy Gobert's positive test after that ridiculous putting the hands on everything crap that he was doing at the press conference before, the day before that that occurred, um, sparked this whole thing. You know, really put everyone's uh, mind on the issue. And it's just crazy that, you know, uh, or I should say it's it's ironic and full circle in a way at the same time that he's now uh, tested positive again. So, again, with that being said, hope he's okay, hope he gets healthy. It's just, you know, with everything that's gone on, it's just a, it's just a crazy piece of news that just puts everything back into perspective. That the man that you know, whose positive test kind of alerted everybody, at least in America, to what was going on, um, he's now tested positive again, almost two years later. That is why I brought it up. We are almost, we're, we're two months away from being two years in to the pandemic. Rudy Gobert's last positive test was at the beginning of it, and he's tested positive again and we're still right in the middle of it because of omicron and this new variant so that's basically why i wanted to bring it up and you know coupled with the fact that kyrie irving just returned finally uh to the nets line but he can't play in brooklyn i believe but um he had 22 points um three rebounds four assists uh in the game last night uh, in the 129-121 win on Wednesday, day before the recording of the podcast, against Indiana, which allowed Indiana to drop their sixth straight game, as we mentioned earlier. So the Nets are at full strength. They just can't play with Kyrie at home, and that is the next step. I mean, I I, I said at the beginning of the year, I, again, I predicted the Nets to win the championship uh, this season um, in my preseason picks. One of the reasons I did that was because I thought Kyrie Irving at some point would play this season. He is now back, uh, just on the other side of 2020, I should say 22 beginning, uh, 2022 beginning. And now uh, it's really just going to, it's going to be a thing now with Kyrie when, you know, we get down to the nitty gritty of the playoffs, you know, I I, I can't imagine the Nets are going to feel great about, Kyrie only playing in road playoff games. I mean, how does that make any sense? You know, if there's a game seven on the home on your home floor in a in a playoff series and Kyrie can't play because he's not vaccinated, are we going down that path? I I mean, that's what's in front of the league right now. And, and listen, you know, I'll be honest, I didn't, I didn't get as much feedback on the COVID stuff from last show as I expected, but everyone's talking about it again i mean that's what it's slowly but surely built back up it's why I, I was talking about it last week and it's been everywhere it's what everyone's talking about and all of a sudden you're starting to hear the, the doubts on whether or not this is going to work you know can this can the nba can sports in general college athletics you know european soccer nhl can this be sustained? You know, Major League Baseball's got plenty of notes to think about. They're they're in a lockout at the moment, but they've got plenty of notes to look at as to oh boy, what are we gonna do? You know, what's the minimum for us to allow a game to be played? Now, 
One thing that's a little easier with baseball is that there's these things called double headers. So like, you know, again, you don't want like six double headers during a season, but baseball's got, you know, a little bit more schedule to work with here. They play for quite some time. So games can be rescheduled, but there's also, you know, then you, you, you could get to the point where if we're talking about the same amount of games being postponed, where you're losing all your off days now. So I just, just, just trying to put as much of this in perspective as possible, but it's still, it's still on my mind how the NBA and, and college athletics and, and the rest of pro sports around the world is going to deal with this in the next, I don't know, two weeks, you know? Times of the yes, time is of the essence here. So we'll we'll have to wait, as we always tend to do around here, to see what happens. But for now, we just uh, we stay where we're at, and uh, I don't like that to be honest. But because I, I don't love the way the that sports are doing it at the moment, it, it doesn't seem fair to me. But it, it it's something that we'll have to wait and see what happens with. That's it, you know. That's what it comes down to at the moment so we'll see how it develops that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the shock shock nicks podcast thank you all as always for listening to the show you all are the best have a great new year i really hope 2022 uh for you guys is really really successful exciting positive healthy most importantly and i really appreciate you guys continuing to spend some time each week with me talking about sports, talking about life, and talking about the Knicks. Until then, have a great week, and I will see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.